There's just some words that you see, and there's really no explanation needed. They kind of bring positive feelings or negative feelings or uncomfortable feelings. And emotions is one of those words. Emotions kind of drive everything that we do. Some people, man, they're obsessed with their emotions and how they feel. How they feel dictates everything about them. And and then there's that other group of people who spend their whole life trying to hide their emotions, trying to be fake about their emotions. Emotions, though, are one of those things that everywhere we look, we're consumed with them. I mean, you can't even get on social media. Think about it. You post on Facebook, and the way we we respond to the way somebody posts on Facebook is the emotion that we're feeling. We like that. It makes us angry. It makes us sad, the little tear, the, the little huggy. Well, we care. Emotions everywhere, the laughing emotion. We're surrounded by emotions. But the reality is not only are we surrounded by emotions, so many of us are controlled by emotions. We don't know how to biblically deal with our emotions. Many of us manipulate our emotions to gain attention. How many of you have teenagers? How many of you have teenagers with Snapchat? And they get on Snapchat and they're crying, shut up. Like there's nothing even wrong with you. You're laughing in my house, but crying on Snapchat, why? To get emotion from people. Are you like, like, we are just literally in every sense of the word attention horse. We are. And we use emotions to get that attention. But our emotions, if not careful, instead of being something that we feel and something that shapes us and something we control, if we're, if we're not careful... We can allow our emotions to run our life. And the pendulum always swings to one extreme. My generation grew up and our parents told us, rub dirt on it and it'll be okay. Don't worry about your emotions. Push them down. Keep pushing it down. Oh, you're sad, push it down. Oh, you're angry, just push it down. Don't worry about it. It's good. And and then what do we do? We grow up and we're reactionary. We were told to never deal with our emotions, so we pass down to our kids that every iota of emotion they feel matters. And and that it should dictate and control your life. The Bible has a lot to say about emotions, and that's what we're going to spend the next month talking about, the different emotions that we deal with. There's some topics that I wanted to cover, and they didn't necessarily merit an entire series, but they merited individual sermons that fell on us. We're going to talk about anger. We're actually going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about how we deal with sadness. We're going to talk about what true biblical happiness looks like. We're going to talk about anxiety. And the Bible has something to say about every one of these subjects. But today we're going to start by talking about a subject that I know in a church full of such perfect people like this, you never deal with. So today you're going to have to bear with me as I preach to myself. Because I I just know that there's nobody out there that deals with the subject of anger except me. Nothing makes you angry. Your spouse doesn't make you angry. Your kids don't make you angry. Politics, for sure. No one in this crowd does politics make you angry. Traffic on 20, 140, 92, downtown Woodstock, now Riverstone, never makes you angry. Ever. You are zen. Serenity now. And while I envy you for that, 
I've been known to get angry a time or two. I, I like to think I've kind of grown in this area. And I have grown in this area, but there's times that no matter what, I, I just get angry. And did you know that actually getting angry is not a sin? The Bible says in your anger, do not sin. Getting angry is not sinful. It's what we do when we're angry that is sinful. The anger controls us instead of us harnessing the anger. Anger is a unique thing. Did you know that men on average... Get angry six, and I don't know what they classify as angry, so let me make that My wife tells me I'm angry a lot when I'm not angry, and that angers me. You know? Are you so angry? I'm not angry. You're getting loud. I'm Gary Lamb. I'm loud all the time. Man, I'm just angry. I'm not angry. I'm just loud. But they say men on average get angry. And again, I don't know what they classify as angry. Men get angry six times a week on average. Six times a week. Women, on average, you think it's higher? Surprisingly, it's not. It's three times a week. I would think dealing with men would double that. This is, this is very true, though, right here. Women studies show tend to get, listen, somebody told me this last week, that my hand motions are very feminine, and now it's like in my head, like every time I do something, and there's nothing wrong with them being feminine, that's cool, but like it's freaking me out a little bit, I'm not going to lie to you. So like, have you ever seen Seinfeld, like I feel like I should just preach like this today? I don't know. It's like in my head, you're messing with me right now. Women tend to get angry at people more often. Men tend to get angry at things, sports teams, the alternator, work, the dog. This I didn't really understand to me. I, I actually, this is what made me almost not believe the study. Single adults express anger twice as often as married adults. That shocked me. Men are more physical when they get angry. And the place that you're most likely to get angry is your home. Isn't that a shame? We get angry and we take it out on our spouse, Gary Lamb, king, chief among sinners there. I'm the last one who gets to talk. And I love you and I think you're amazing. And you are a lamb now, but the, let's not forget there is some cope in there. And cope is another word for angry. So listen, don't make me get the last word today, okay? There's two types of anger. There's destructive anger. There's constructive anger. Believe it or not, there's constructive anger. There's anger, righteous anger. Seeing a cause that makes you angry. Where it shapes you and leads you to action to make things better. It makes you a better person. But destructive anger is one of the quickest ways to destroy your life. Not, not only destroy your life, but destructive anger will destroy the life of those around you. I, I know people who are literally controlled by anger. It affects their friendships. It affects their relationships. It affects their relationship with their children, their co-workers, their spouses. It affects their jobs because they can't keep a job. It controls them. It consumes them simply because they can't control the emotion of anger. We're going to talk about a lot of subjects over the next few weeks. And I don't ever want to say one subject is more important than the other because every one of these emotions can destroy you. But make no mistake about it. Say nothing will destroy you faster than the emotion of anger. 
I was reading the biography one day of Alexander the Great. I keep notes on my computer under topics, anger, freedom, whatever. I had always put quotes on there, and I opened up the folder today, or opened up the first week when I was studying. And I had written down this quote, or this story, excuse me, from Alexander the Great. One of the great leaders of all time, one of the great military leaders, one of the great military minds, if you were to ever go study. But one day in a fit of rage, he struck his favorite general, who also happened to be his best friend. He hit him. And he hit him so hard, he killed him. The general was broken. He was miserable. He was depressed. And he cried out, I've conquered the entire world, but I can't conquer my own soul. The emotion of anger, he couldn't control. The consequences were fatal. (laughs) The funny thing is, anger is the emotion that will destroy you the quickest. I'm going to be real honest with you today. It's the easiest to control. Anger is the easiest to tame. We're going to talk about sadness in the coming weeks. Depression. It's a real thing. It's not a matter of flipping a switch. Now, you can control it, so make no mistake about it. But it's work. Controlling anger at the end of the day is making the decision to control it. They said, I don't believe that. I don't care. I'm going to show you biblically where it's true. We fly off the handle, but there's no greater emotion that we can control like the emotion of anger. In Proverbs, the book of Proverbs, as you know, it is Solomon passing wisdom down to his son. It's just verse after verse after verse after verse of wisdom. I like to call it the biblical book, the biblical equivalent, if you will, to Simple Man by Leonard Skinner. Say, well, yeah, Simple Man's a great song. I did an entire teaching series for four to five weeks on Simple Man because it's just wisdom being passed down. Every line in the song is just wisdom to the next generation. Proverbs, every verse, is just truth after truth after truth, and over and over and over, it goes back to the subject of anger. It gives you a formula on how we deal with our anger. Now, what it boils down to is if whether or not we choose to implement what the Bible says or we choose not to. But again, probably more than any other subject, the choice not to, the ramifications are huge. Anger will literally, I can't stress this enough, it will destroy everything in your life. Show of hands. How many of you know someone who's just an angry individual and no one wants anything to do with them? Leave your hands up. Raise your hands. Now, everybody look around the room. It's very rare that I ask a question almost 100% raise their hands. That's how powerful anger is. Sadly, some of you were raising your hands because you're the one who's dealing with the anger, that destructive anger. The first thing we're going to do, this is so simple. Like I almost feel weird preaching the message because it almost seems like elementary. It almost seems like cookies so far on the bottom shelf that anybody can get them. But can I tell you a little secret? That's the secret of this book. This book is not complicated. Preachers have complicated it to put themselves on a pedestal. This book is simple. It's easy to understand. We had some friends over last night, and one of them said, I've been listening to your podcast. So, okay. She said, I really have this knowledge to learn the Bible. And I said, well, I'm probably not the best teacher for you to learn the Bible. I'm not, I'm not necessarily a teacher. I'm very practical. She said, oh, yeah, I know. That's why I listen to it. Because I can take what you say and I can apply it to my everyday life. That's why it's the guidebook for life. It's not complicated. The first thing we're going to do 
control our anger. We're going to remember the results of our anger. We're going to remember the results of our anger. The Bible says in Proverbs 29, 22, an angry person stirs up conflict. A hot-tempered person commits many sins. It's not a sin to be angry, but in your anger, do not sin. And our anger leads us to sinful behavior. The Bible says in Proverbs 15, 18, hot tempers cause arguments. And all the women said, amen. Hot tempers cause arguments. An angry person stirs up conflict. A hot-tempered person commits many sins. The reality is, is people with anger issues, they do stupid stuff. Will Rogers said, people who fly into a rage seldom make a good landing. You're like a hurricane that comes through and destroys everything around you. When when you lose your temper, I'm going to be full of cliches today because they're so true. When you lose your temper, you always lose. You cannot win in anger, even if you were right to begin with. When you lose your temper, you don't just lose your temper. What you fail to realize is you lose respect. You lose health. I'm going to talk about how anger affects the body. It will cost you your job. It will cost you your spouse. I know a lady who left her husband years ago, and she will tell you, ask you, why did your first marriage not work? She could probably list a thousand reasons why it didn't work. And she'll always say, all she'll say, she won't elaborate. His anger is why our first marriage, my first marriage didn't work. I don't know what she means by that phrase. When she says that phrase, I tend to believe there's a lot of deep hurt and a lot of deep scars there. But she was willing to implode her life over a husband who couldn't control his temper. I know people who've lost their kids over their anger. And as you find yourself starting to get angry, one of the greatest things you can do, and this is where I said it's a choice, is you can choose to remember the results of your anger. You can remember how it's affected people in the past. The damage that it's done in the past. And when we begin to see the consequences of our actions, it's just kind of one of those things that for a brief moment might just give us that second that we need to reevaluate whether or not getting angry in this situation is worth it. Proverbs 14, 29 says, Anger causes mistakes. It causes us to do things that we wouldn't do if we weren't angry. That doesn't mean the thoughts weren't there because I'm a big believer in that too. The difference is we were smart enough not to do them when we weren't angry. Proverbs 14, 17, people with hot tempers do foolish things. I always get a kick out of people who say the Bible's complicated. There's nothing complicated about that. You don't need a Bible degree to understand that. We say things that we wouldn't say when we're angry. We make decisions we wouldn't make when we're angry. I was reading the other day about Tiger Woods, who just had the big car wreck. The city was going, I think, 92 miles per hour. He was on his way to a commercial shoot. was sober, no drinking. But they said him and his manager had gotten to a fight before he got in his car. I don't know what it is about being angry that just makes that gas pedal go down a little bit faster and a little bit harder. And people with hot tempers do foolish things. I don't know Tiger Woods, and I don't know the situation in that circumstance, but I can't help but wonder, maybe if he knew how to control his emotions a little bit better, his career might not be over. He said, well, he would have sped anyway. Maybe. Maybe not. 
Proverbs 11.29 says, The fool who provokes his family to anger and resentment will finally have nothing worthwhile left. Leave that up for a minute, Xander. I'm going to read that silently to myself, and as I read it silently to myself, you read it because that's a powerful verse. I think it's also powerful what God calls those people. He calls them fools. Gary says some inappropriate things. That was an inappropriate thing in this day and time. To be looked at as a fool was a horrible thing to be looked at. It was the lowest of the low. He's a fool. I don't think they had terminology like dumb A's. They said the word fool. The fool who provokes his family to anger and resentment will have nothing worthwhile left. (laughs) I read a survey recently that asked young adults, what is the one thing they wanted to be like that they got from their parents? What's the one thing that your parents instilled in you that you want? They said the answers varied so much that they couldn't come up with a conclusive number one thing. Handling finances, love for my my mom, the way my dad loved us, how hardworking my parents were, blah. They said that the answers on what kids wanted to take from their parents' good was overwhelming. They then asked those same people, what's the number one thing that you want, excuse me, what's the number one thing you don't want to be that you learn from your parents? Eighty-something percent responded. They did not want to yell at their kids the way their parents yelled at them. They didn't want to react and handle situations the same with their children the way their parents handled it with them. The good things varied all over the field. So many great qualities that the parents had. Over 80% the negative was my parents' temper and how they handled us, and how they dealt with us. (laughs) You ever thought about this, though? Why? Why we scream at our kids? You ever thought about why we lose our temper with people? I'm about to rock your world. Are you ready for this earth-shattering news? Here's why we do it. Because it works. Temporarily. How many times have we said in our house, why do I got to scream to get y'all to listen? It works. When, When you yell at somebody, when you lose your temper with somebody, most of the time the person will comply short term simply out of fear. Out of fear. But long term you lose because there's going to come a day in their life where they're tired of your temper. They're tired of your yelling. They're tired of your talking down to them. And most people, when they've had enough, they've had enough. So we lose our temper short term with our employees We lose our temper with our kids because we're allowed to do that and it scares them into doing what we think they ought to do. But long term, man, we're just putting another brick in the wall. And the day comes, it might be when your kid's 35 years old, it might become when the employees, all of a sudden you realize, man, they're gone and they want nothing to do with you and you don't understand why. Because anger alienates. In the long run, you lose the relationship because every person, (coughs) every person eventually gets tired of the blow-ups. The tired of being talked down to. The tired of you snapping at me. (laughs) 
Proverbs says if you're going to get a grip on your temper, you better remember the results of you losing your temper. You need to remember the consequences of what happens. It always causes negative. You know how you know it always causes negative effects? Men, we're the worst at this. It's why we lose our cool and spend the next day kissing ass. Hey, baby, you good today? Can I, can I do this for you? Instead of just being man enough to apologize for doing what we did, we go all around the world trying to make it better. They don't even got to tell us that we did it. We just know. Ladies, you aren't exempt from it either, but men, we're the kings of that move. We patent it. We got the trademark on it. Nothing comes from destructive anger, so you need to remember the results. Second thing we're going to do is we're going to reflect before reacting. Remember I told you, it's a choice. I just fly off the handle. No, you don't. You make a choice, fly off the handle. I'm going to show you how that's true in a minute too. We're going to learn that when we're angry, to not respond impulsively. I know this is hard for some of you. But we're actually going to think it through before we respond. We react, and then we reflect. And the problem is when we reflect after we react, we're reflecting on how we reacted, where if we would have reflected before we reacted, the reaction might be different. Instead of flying off the handle, we're going to step back. We're going to stop. We're going to think it through. Christine and I are not the masters of this, but we've learned there's times to not respond. The way that used to work in our marriage is when we first started this, we'd not respond, then we'd get mad that one wasn't responding. But you grow and you mature past that, and they're like, I need a few minutes. The Bible says this in Proverbs 29, a stupid man. Man, God pulls no punches when it comes to what you are, a fool. A stupid man gives free rein to his anger. A wise man waits and lets it grow cool. A stupid man gives free rein to his anger. A wise man, a mature man, a person who's learned to control their emotions gives time to it. One of the greatest remedies to anger is simply delay. The longer you hold your temper, the longer it improves. I have learned that when I let it fly immediately, nothing good comes from it. The longer I hold it, the more I reflect, the more I begin to see the situation different. Everything, matter of fact, let me change that up. The majority of things don't need immediate response. Thomas Jefferson said, when you're angry, count to 10. When you're very angry, count to 100. If you're angry after that, keep counting. (laughs) Anything you can do to delay, defer, reflect before reacting. Whatever you were going to do initially, here's, here's the best advice for you. Whatever you were going to do initially, don't do it. Because if you're angry, it's probably wrong. You say, Gary, I can't do that. I just fly out there. No, 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 no. I'm about to punk you out right here. You ready? I'm going to prove to you that it's a choice. I'm going to ask you to do something that's very rare in church. I'm going to ask you to be honest. How many of you have ever had an argument with your spouse? Raise your hand. Boom, 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 boom. How many of you in the midst of the argument... You're cussing, screaming, maybe throwing some stuff. I know y'all don't get it. I know y'all don't do that. But I've heard rumors about people doing stuff like that. That's like like at other churches. They do that. You're throwing down, you're throwing down, you're throwing down, you're throwing down. The phone rings. You got to take the call. David, you and Sarah are throwing down. 
I know that never happens because you are a godly man. And I know that she is a temper-driven woman with that red hair. But your godliness diffuses it in that house. But I know it's never happened where y'all are fighting. You deal with a lot of governments. And all of a sudden, city manager calls you. And right in the middle, you know you got to take it. In the middle of the argument, boom. Hello? <laughs> hey, man, what's going on? Yeah, man, don't worry. i got the crew coming right now. They're going to be over there at 11 o'clock. They're going to move that pipe and move. Man, how's the wife? Everything's good? Man, I appreciate it. Hey, man, you have a great day. Hey, you call me anytime. Click. And let me tell you something else. You chose in the midst of your anger not to be angry. So save it for somebody else when you tell me it's not a choice. I'm going to tell you this. I didn't ask his permission to tell the story, and I'm not going to give you an instance of it. But let's just be honest. I don't think it's any secret. The old Rick Cope, I like to call it BG before Gary had an impact on his life. But it was probably BG before God had an impact on his life. Just had a tendency to fly off the handle and, and occasionally. But I've been with Rick when he was flying off the handle and someone called and him do the exact same. Hey, things are great. I'm talking about like got a knife to somebody's throat. I'm just kidding. But like, if he can do it, anybody can do it. We choose to be angry. You know my favorite thing with Rick? And I mean, she's about as perfect as they get, so I know it's not her fault. But it's when Heather irritates him. And he knows this is his last shot at any woman of decency. And he knows as much as we love him, if he screws this one up, we, we love Heather and he's got to go. It's watching him not get angry with her like I've seen him get angry with other people. You know why? Because he chooses not to. Do not tell me anger is not a choice. You choose whether or not to be angry. You're throwing down with your spouse and the kids walking. You don't want your kids to see if I so instantly you put the smile on your face. Hey, buddy, how was school? That's great. Hey, why don't you go out and play for a few minutes? Here's the bottom line. You ready for this? You control what you want to control. So you can reflect before you react. I'm not saying it's always easy. But anything worth having is worth working towards. The Bible says a wise man waits and lets it grow cool. We had a fire pit last night at our house. It was hot. It was burning. It was so hot you could throw glass in the glass and start to melt. You know the amazing thing about that, though, was the night winded down. We quit tending to the fire. That blazing fire within 30 minutes was almost all gone. It cooled down. Amazing what time will do. The Bible says this in Proverbs 12, 16. When a fool, <laughs> he pulls no punches, we got when a fool is annoyed, he quickly lets it be known. Smart people ignore an insult. When a fool, pity the fool. When a fool is annoyed, he quickly lets it be known. Smart people will ignore an insult. Smart people will ignore an insult. Can, can, did you know that everything doesn't need a reaction? But, but they said, did you know other people's opinions of you is none of your business? But they said this, I need to... Why? That's what they want you to do. They want you to engage. They want you to argue with them. <laughs> For some people, everything is life or death. They can't ignore anything 
A small pot boils really quickly. The other day, Christine asked me to boil some noodles. I pull out this big pan. He said, you know it's going to take forever for that water to boil? I said, no, I thought we'd need it. She goes, no, use a smaller pan. It'll boil quicker. Small pot boils quickly. When you're upset, when you get upset over the, whatever it is that you get upset over. Here's what I've learned this too. Don't miss this. It's good preaching if a white boy is doing it. Whatever it is you get upset over shows the depth of your character and how big of a person you are. You ever look at someone and say, you're like, that's what made you mad? That's what made you mad? Anybody see the YouTube video this week? I think it, who had the second pick in the draft, Bubba the Jets? No, the third, third pick, the uh, 49ers. I guess this guy wanted the 49ers to draft the NFL draft was this week. You know what that is? That's when the, the, the football teams draft college players to go to the team. He wanted the 49ers to draft this player, and they drafted that player. And he got so mad, he threw his beer bottle through his flat screen television and shattered it. Like, that's what made you that mad? A team that doesn't even know who you are could give two rips about who you are? And you just ruined your stimulus money TV? Oh, did I say that? Over who they picked? Here's what I know about that individual. I don't even know them. They're a petty person. That fired you that up? Man. What is it that upsets you? Because what it is that upsets you will show me the type of person you are. The Bible says in Proverbs 19 11, when someone wrongs you, I hate this verse. When someone wrongs you, it is a great virtue to ignore it. Someone told me recently, I, I just wish there was more Holy Spirit in the service. That was called the Holy Spirit of God, convicting Kylie Blankenship. And the moaning in the spirit. Ugh. I hate this verse. This verse goes against everything that I am in my flesh. You don't understand what an evil person I am. No, I'm serious. I'm not trying to be funny. When you wrong me, I never forgive. I want to destroy you. I lay awake at night thinking about it. If I'm in my flesh, I do. I want to see your life destroyed. But as I've matured, as I've grown, as I've realized, man, I have went through so many friendships and so many relationships and so many business things that I have destroyed because of how I act, I'm learning it's a great virtue to ignore it. Again, their opinion to me is none of my business. Okay, you know so-and-so? I said, no, I don't know. Man, they don't like you. I said, I don't care. Well, they t- I said, I don't care why they don't like me. Well, I, said, I said, I don't even know them. Why would I care? I was on a podcast the other day, four-hour podcast. And they, the guy took in questions, and one of the questions was, I don't know what to, I just can't get over not caring about some of the things you've done. What should I do about that? And I think my response shocked. I said, I said, what a pathetic, miserable individual. I said, don't say their name out loud. Can I see their name? Flip the piece of paper out. I'd never heard of this individual in my life. Ever. So this individual has been upset and angry with me for 12 years now. I don't care. I told him, I, I, I didn't use the most choice words, so I won't send from the stage because I promised Christine I'd get through one service without being vulgar. I let him know what if, I, I said, I hope you're listening. I said, you're the most pathetic, miserable, sad individual I've ever met in my life. 
I don't even know who you are. And what you think of me means nothing. I think how pathetic that every night he lays down word about me. And I don't even know who he is. When someone wrongs you, it's a great virtue to ignore it. You know what the old Gary would have done? I'd have found him on Facebook. I'd have wanted to see a picture of him. I'd have found out where he hung out at. Not to go fight him, just to make sure I ran into him. Hey, buddy. I didn't care. I don't even remember the guy's name now. <laughs> Maturity is the ability to open. Oh, this is good. Maturity, I hate this sermon. Maturity is the ability to overlook a hurt. Maturity is the ability to disregard it, to shrug it off, to play it down. You know, kind of like Jesus did when he was slandered, when he was criticized, when he was put down, mocked, misunderstood, spit upon, hung on a cross, and never retaliated. You know, kind of like Jesus when he said, if they slap you in this cheek, give them the other one. You know, kind of like he said when they steal your shirt, give them your jacket. (laughs) Here's the deal, I'm going to upset some of you. The reality is nothing can make you mad. You're making me mad. No, 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 you're choosing to be mad. You can't make me mad. You don't get to blame someone else because you couldn't control your anger. If you put two people in the same situation and allow the same thing to happen to them, one will handle it this way and one will handle it this way. No one makes you mad. You choose to be mad. (laughs) You make yourself mad. So what we're going to do is is we're going to reflect before we retaliate. I one time had someone pull out in front of traffic. I just remember I had Ashley in the car with me. They cut me off, and man, I was hot. I chased the guy down. And right when I got beside him, Ashley said, Dad, is that Papa? Because the guy looked just like my dad. I, I don't know what it was about her saying that instantly. I let off the gas and slowed down. It humanized the man a little bit for me. And I chose not to be mad. It didn't change what he did. It didn't change the fact that he almost ran me off the road with my daughter in the car. But here I'm making it a thousand times better by speeding down the interstate with my daughter in the car to chase him down. You know, that logic of being angry. (laughs) But it put it in perspective for me. It changed my whole attitude. It gave me a pause to reflect (laughs) before I reacted. We're going to reflect before we react. <laughs> I read this this week. It said, it said, every minute you're angry, you lose 60 seconds of happiness. I thought that was pretty good. We need to start asking ourselves, what am I about to get angry about? Is it really that big of a deal? Is it worth losing and hurting this relationship? What good is going to come out of me being angry today? I put this on Facebook earlier. General Patton said, never fight a battle where you don't gain anything by winning. We need to learn what battles to fight. The problem with some of you is you want to win all the battles, and some of the battles don't matter. Do you know they tell you in war a lot of times you got to lose this battle to put yourself in position to win the war? Proverbs 17, 27 says, people who stay calm have real insight. The more you understand, the more understanding you'll be. When you stop and you reflect and you put yourself in another person's shoes, or maybe you give them the benefit of the doubt they weren't trying to make you mad in the first place. (laughs) They have real insight. The more I understand my kids, this is a good one. The more I understand my kids and I deal with the pressures and I understand the pressures that they deal with to be kids, not that we didn't deal with pressures and not that they deal with more pressures than we did, it's just different pressures. But when I stop and I quit being that 45-year-old stick in the mud, out of my day, we never, you're so stupid, and I put myself in their shoes, 
while I don't always agree, I understand a little bit better and don't get quite as angry. Proverbs says, a wise man's wisdom gives him patience. We, we say, I need patience. You don't really need patience. You need wisdom. When we pray for patience, that's dangerous. We should really be praying for wisdom because wisdom allows us to have patience. Anger normally is never the problem. Anger is normally the warning sign that a deeper issue is not being met. Maybe you're hurt, so you get angry. There's a lot of reasons people get angry. Maybe you're hurt. You're frustrated. When I'm, that, that's me, Christina, tell you, when, I, when my temper's fused, I'm normally frustrated. I'm overwhelmed, and I get, I get snippy. She said, don't get snippy with me. Like now, on a big festival, she'll say, it's Monday. You got a big event Saturday. Don't take it out on us. Oh, okay. Yes, ma'am. Maybe you're insecure. Boy, insecure. Insecurity will make us angry, won't it? You got to figure out what's the root. You do that by reflecting before reacting. We got to get done. I'm hungry. Oh, this one sucks. Throw it up, Xander. I don't even want to say it. We're going to restrain your remarks. Anger's a choice. Mm. We're going to remember the consequences of our anger. We're going to reflect before we react. Then we're going to watch our words. Proverbs 21, 23. If you want to stay out of trouble, be careful what you say. Be honest, man. How many times have you been angry? You say something to me, you said, you're like, oh, damn. I just made it a whole lot worse. <laughs> Let's throw out some cliches real quick. Blowing your stack only creates air pollution. <laughs> a sharp tongue is the quickest way to cut your own throat. Use sweet words because you might have to eat them eventually. The problem is something about being angry. The words come so easily. When that adrenaline's pumping, when I'm angry, (laughs) when I'm angry, I like to think I'm brilliant. (laughs) I can say the meanest things. I'm not going to pick on my wife, but let me tell you something. If there's anybody in the world who has learned to master this sermon, it is her. Like literally completely different person. Let me tell you something. When she does get angry, you do not want to go verbally with her. She's like a surgeon. She will dissect you and jab you, and cut you, and you'll try to come back, and she's, oh, I'm glad she has grown in that area. When you get done, you'll feel this big. She'll destroy you. Now, I always enjoy it when it's her doing it to someone else. I don't enjoy it when it's done to me. You know, I can laugh about it now. You know why? Because she's got control over it. Careful what she says. She worked hard at it. (laughs) Whatever you do when you're angry, be careful the words you say because nothing will escalate it quicker. A gentle answer quiets anger. Who's the comedian, babe? And he's like, we'll stop an argument with your wife. Get naked. He said, you can't fight naked. And just for research purposes, that does not work. Because she was angry once. And I said, of course, it might be that I was naked. No, nobody want to see this naked. And let me tell you something. You think getting chewed out by an angry woman is degrading with your clothes on. 
Stand there naked, getting dissected and ripped apart. So that comedian's a liar. Well, we're going to watch what we say. Let me tell you the biggest lie in the world. I didn't mean that I was angry. No, you meant it. Your anger just gave you the testicular fortitude to say what you were thinking, even though you knew it didn't need to be said. Watch your words. Gentle answer quiets anger. But a harsh one stirs it up. A gentle answer quiets anger. It's hard to fight by yourself, is it not? But a harsh one. You come at me and I come at you, it's on like Donkey Kong. It's basically saying that anger is contagious. I'll never forget. Man, Rick, when you talk about anger, Rick's just going to make a lot of illustrations. So can you believe that Rick and I used to actually have our own businesses in the same building? I had a thrift store, and he had a truck rental place. And his dad, Hal, I'll never forget, was in the store one day. And Rick just goes all, he's mad, he's angry, screaming, walks out. I didn't know how that, well, at that time, I, didn't, I was not dating Christine at the time or anything. Rick came back in, and said something to him, and he was calm. He said, can I talk to you outside? I said, sure. He said, that's my son. I said, yeah. He said, how'd you get him to calm down? I've never figured that out. I never. I said, I didn't argue back with him. At that time, I didn't know if Rick would cut me, kill me. I wasn't going to argue back with him. He was ranting and raving, and I just let him rant and rave. And then when he's done, I don't even remember what, I don't even remember what he's ranting and raving about. I was like, are you done? Yeah. All right, let's go figure this out. We've got a business to run. A gentle answer quiets anger. can't fight by yourself. <laughs> Man, the Bible says what you sow, you'll reap. You sow anger, you're going to reap anger. You sow harsh words, you're going to reap harsh words. You want soft words back to you? Give soft words. teaching our kids how to respond to things. I don't know why my kids are hothead because they see you pitch a fit every time things go wrong. The Bible says we need to remember the results. React, reflect before reacting. And we need to restrain our remarks. But Gary, are you telling me I'll never get angry again? Nope. Uh-uh. And again, sometimes there's righteous anger. Because again, the Bible says, in your anger, do not sin. So when those times come of anger, what do we do? And I'm going to go through this very quickly. The first thing we do is we do not repress it. We do not repress it. The problem with so many people when it comes to any type of emotion, and we're going to talk about this entire series, is they don't want to deal with it. We want to ignore that there's a problem. We don't want to deal with our anger at all. We push it all down. That's not healthy. When you, when, you, when you swallow your anger, your stomach keeps score. The number one prescription is given for the physical body is ulcer medicine. From people just keeping everything in. So we're not going to repress it. You don't express it. You don't express it. Some bad things happen. We go from one, we repress it, we don't say nothing. To boy, we finally have enough and we explode. And we just vomit on people when we get angry. You say, you feel better. I feel better now. Everybody else is mad. That was always my problem when it came to fighting. Like physically fighting. I'm the guy that gets so mad, but once I hit you once or twice, I'm no longer mad. The problem is I hit you once or twice, now you're mad. So you're going to probably hit me back. I don't like to be hit. Sounds horrible. Too old for that crap. Don't express it. You're like a hurricane. You come through. You ever notice when a hurricane comes through, it destroys everything? But literally, once it's gone, it's more beautiful than it's ever been. Sun's shining. Ocean's calm. But everything's destroyed around it. 
That's what happens when you express, you come through and destroy everything. You're done. You're shiny and sunny again. And they're like, no, you, you destroyed me. Christine, what's that, what's, that, what's that story you always used to tell me about somebody smashing a plate? Oh, I'll find it posted on Facebook. You smash a plate and it shatters and you can't put it back together. You can smash it. Thousand pieces. Now try to put it back together. You're not going to be able to put it back together. That's what happens when you express it. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to confess it. You're going to go to God with your anger. You're going to unload on God. Hey, you know the cool thing about God? He can take it. I tell people this. If you've ever had me do a funeral, I say, some of you are mad right now, and God's okay with that. You say, what? I'm not... Then you've never read the Psalms. Boy, the Psalms are, are just people throwing down with God. David, angry at God. Frustrated with God. He's just sounding off on God and showing me the chapter. Lord, my life stinks. I hate it. I'm serving you and everywhere I go. They're trying to kill me. What's up? <coughs> Anybody ever seen the movie The Apostle with Robert Vaughn? It's one of my favorite movies of all time. Anybody seen it? You never seen it, you need to go rent it. I love the scene. So his wife's cheating on him. He's a preacher. His wife's cheating on him. He walks out of the baseball field, knocks the dude with a baseball bat, and kills him. That's not the part I like. I do like that part, though. And later on, he's on the run, and he's upstairs in his mom's attic, and he's throwing down with God. God, I'm God. I call you God. You call me Sonny. But I'm mad, God. I'm pissed, God. He's raised. And the neighbor calls because he's being so loud. And the old lady answers. His mom answers. Funny. She said, yeah. Is that Sonny? She said, yes, yeah, Sonny. Sometimes he talks with God. Sometimes he fights with God. Tonight he's fighting with God. You take it to God. Vent to God. Let God know your frustration. David was so mad, he told God, why don't you kill my enemies? Kill them, God! I've prayed that prayer. I'm not saying that bragging. I'm not saying it to be funny. That's how angry I've been before. You know the good thing about going to God is he doesn't always answer my request the way I want them answered. I go to David and tell him I want to kill someone. He's one of my best friends. He's probably by law obligated to go report that. God's not. Unload on me, son. Vent to me. <laughs> At one point, David says, we prayed, God, bust their teeth in. That's my God. Repressing it does nothing. Expressing it does nothing. But you've got to confess it. And God's got broad shoulders. Go to him. I remember reading and saying, God, you pray to kick their teeth in. You know what the very next verse he, he tells God to do? <laughs> he says, God, smash their babies against the wall. He was mad. But guess what? That's how David was feeling. God didn't smash their babies against the wall. But David was angry. And in his anger, he didn't sin. He didn't take, he was the king. He could have smashed their babies against the wall. But he went to God and confessed. God, I'm angry and I'm mad. We have a God that we can go to at any time, even with our anger. No matter the steps I give you. And those were some good steps I gave you today. We're going to remember. We're going to reflect. We're going to shut this thing up. That was good. That's good stuff. That's practical preaching today. Right from the book of Proverbs. It doesn't get any simpler than that. But even with all that, you're going to get angry. You know why? Because you're human. It happens. I told you, I mean, 
Literally, I, I, I'm not wanting to get up here and brag on her when I don't just brag on her. I don't, I don't BS you. I tell horrible stories about her up here, actually, normally. I have to hear about it later that I shouldn't have told the story. But there's no one that's grown like her in that area. But I'm not going to tell you she don't get angry every now and then. It's scary. It's rare. It's scary. When you get angry, you don't repress it. Don't express it. You just confess it. I even made it rhyme for you. 